Hello, welcome to our latest edition of the ALS Association Greater Philadelphia Chapter Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Tony Heil, the Director of Communications and Public Policy here at the ALS Association Greater Philadelphia Chapter. It's 2016, and we're almost at a full year of doing our ALS podcast. So if you haven't heard our previous ones, make sure to listen to us on iTunes. You can subscribe and share and like and comment. Uh, Go and search for the ALS podcast or look at ALS Philadelphia, all one word. That's also how you can find us on all social media channels from Facebook and Twitter to Instagram and YouTube and a few other things as well. Um, Before we get into our podcast today and our discussion on the visiting volunteer program at the chapter, I want to encourage all of you to look at some of our upcoming events especially Hot Chocolate, which is a delicious chocolate tasting event at Adventure Aquarium in Camden, New Jersey. Um, I'm always there, and it's a great event for me because all I have to do is take pictures and I get to eat a lot of food, so, you know, it's a a perk. Uh, But we also get to raise a lot of money and support patients and families, uh, many of whom will be at the event. Um, We also want you to look at our Walk to Defeat ALS, and which are all coming up in 2016, bigger and better than ever, with a new walk in Northeast PA. Uh, and we also want to encourage you to look up the Phillies Festival coming up this year and many, uh, many other ways that you can get involved in the fight against ALS, all of which you can find at www.alsphiladelphia.org. And one thing you can also look up on alsphiladelphia.org is more information about our visiting volunteer program, which we're going to discuss today. Look at my great segue, guys. Uh, so um, we're here with Gail Hausman, nurse here at the ALS Association, and I'm a fan of anyone who's a nurse. Pretty much, I think. There might be one or two people who I don't know. Um, and Kelly Slipikoff, who's been involved with the Visiting Volunteer Program, I think since the start, right? That's yes. correct. So it started with Gail, and then like five minutes later, Kelly got on board? That's right. So uh, welcome, Gail and Kelly, to our podcast. You can say hello. Hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> that's how the podcast, that's how audio works. <laughs> uh, so... Um, Gail, you work here at the chapter, and, and it's a, called a visiting volunteer program. So, Kelly, even though you're so involved, you're a volunteer. You're, you feel like you're part of the chapter because you are. You're everything we do. Correct. And thank you. Um, but, Gail, uh, tell me about, about your background and also why this program came into existence. So how long have you been at the chapter? Um, I've been with the chapter for about 15 and a half years. Wow. And the so visiting- pretty much the entire 21st century. Yeah. <laughs> And the visiting volunteer program has been, I think it started about 14 years ago. Mm -hmm. And um, where did you come from? You you were a nurse before this. Yeah, I've been a nurse for many moons. and uh, We'll leave it at that. Okay. (laughs) Okay. And, no, I mean, and so you were a nurse. Oh, gosh. And, like, every, all kinds of things. Psych, uh, home care, uh, hospitals, nursing homes, outpatient clinics. I've done, I've done a lot of different types of nursing. And that's something that, for me, coming here, um, the ALS was in my family with my grandfather. And it's more personal now working here, you know, from meeting so many people. Uh, But... I think a lot of people don't realize that when they hear the word nurse, just how varied that job is and how many things you bring to this. Other, It's important to be a nurse, but just knowing that you have such a wide breadth of experience here at the chapter. I'd like to believe that that's of help, is, is, is having sort of a varied experience, yes. I think so. Uh, so um, before, so when you came here, um, what made, what is the Visiting Volunteer Program and why did you think 14 years ago that this was something that would be 
of use. Well, I actually can't take take credit for the idea of, of the visiting volunteer program. Ellen Phillips, who was our president, had the idea, and she asked me to get it started. Mm -hmm. And I really had no experience starting it, so I, I you know, I, I asked for help with that, and we sort of figured out how to start it, and then we've we've adjusted it, amended it throughout throughout the years. Um, but the idea is to hook up is is the fine volunteers who want to help a person with ALS who have the time and the energy and the uh, and the care uh, you know as far as the emotional care to help somebody that that has ALS and um, and then to find a person with ALS or pals that is in need of that care and you're able to do that from early on because in the clinic experience, you're able to not just meet somebody as a um, someone just taking their information and passing them along, but you develop a really strong relationship with every person with ALS that comes through the clinic. Yes, we try. We try to do that. We try to find out what their what their needs might might be. Um, some folks, um, you know, wouldn't be interested in the program or wouldn't re really have any need for the program, and then other folks really have benefited over, over the years from this particular program. And as that's come about, so from, like you said, you keep amending it, so you know that um, Kevin could really use a benefit from this, um, but, you know, Sally doesn't really need this so much because she's got a network, but you kind of tailor to what kind of person or what kind of needs a volunteer could bring to them, right? That's exactly it, yes, yes. So we try to figure out what, what might be of help for somebody, for instance, somebody that would need help with grocery shopping or somebody in, in a nursing home who would like for somebody to read to them or, or just sit with them. Mm -hmm. So you, one of the first people you talked to was Kelly Slipikoff, I guess, right? Yes. And with the someone when you, when Ellen said, do this uh, program, I think it'd be useful to connect people. Um, was Kelly one of the top people you're like, I better call Kelly first? Kelly was the top, the top notch person. <laughs> <laughs> As she would be with anything. So, um, so Kelly, how did you start involved then? Well, what happened was I, back in 2001, I was looking for to do some volunteer work. I had my work hours. I had cut back my work hours, so I had some extra time. And my husband, Al, who had been involved as a corporate sponsor for ALS and for the chapter for quite a while, he told me to go to see Ellen Phillips. So I went to talk to Ellen Phillips. And... She said, we're just getting ready to start this visiting volunteer program. Is it something you would be interested in? And I said I was. Um, so I got involved in volunteer, other volunteer things to do here. I helped out at support groups. Mm -hmm. and I went to some orientation programs for patients and, and families so I would learn about ALS. And um, in one of these support groups, I actually met the first patient. Um, that I visited, and even before the the program officially started, we we uh, we got connected. So, so the program could have really been like do what Kelly does, <laughs> right? I, I wouldn't say that, but it it just happened that way, and I I that's how it started for me, and so I have been involved since since that since then, and I'm now visiting um, my tenth the tenth person. I'm visiting right now, um, so I've been pretty much. I may have had a few months off in between some some patients, but um, I, I'm now visiting the tenth, my tenth person. I'm visiting Vinny, and we have. 
I've been visiting her for two and a half years now, which is the longest time I've had with someone, which is really nice. Yeah. Well, that that's mm -hmm. great, and I, I imagine that Gail, you get a lot of feedback from people, especially that have worked with Kelly and others along the way, and that helps you decide to keep Kelly. Obviously, you would. Well, but. Kelly, I would have kept from. <laughs> <laughs> but you knew she'd be good. But like that, that helps you when people keep coming. That she goes from one person to another. Yes. Um, which I mean, we we should be honest, is because people with ALS live a short time period with the disease. So you've seen people die with ALS. Right, I, I have. That's that's certainly been a sad part of it. But lost a lot of good friends. But right with, with both with the people I visited and the people I've met in the last. 15 years so it's yeah that's a, that's a sad part of it but it's and it doesn't um, it's get very re it's, it's rewarding yeah it's rewarding but it doesn't necessarily get any easier either. right that's correct uh, but it you, doesn't get any easier but kelly has helped you know 10 pals and their loved ones you know over over many years over over four, 14 years she's uh helped with all kinds of things and have developed like a personal relationship with these with these with these folks so and, and like you said, you're not just bringing groceries, what you do, and things like that. You're not just doing, like, chores to help them in the house when they can't move so well. But you're, you're developing a relationship. Yeah, that's right. Yes, yes. And every, everyone I have, every, every, all the pals I have, visit, have visited, each one has been unique and needed, needed different things. I read one woman I just, I went and visited in a nursing home and just read to her. Um, uh, another one, and some I've been very active, been very active advocate for some some people who have had you no know, family nearby. Mm -hmm. um, and that probably helps because once you've been around the disease a little bit, mm -hmm. you kind of know the things to advocate for. Correct. I've mm -hmm. said this in the podcast a number of times, and I, I probably mentioned it to Gail too. Mm -hmm. My father's father had ALS. My mother's mother had Parkinson's disease. My my mom, I don't know if she was a nurse. But she worked in nursing in some way. She wasn't a nurse, mm -hmm. but she, her and her sister both worked in healthcare, and um, they knew the things to know. Like they knew the questions to ask and things like that. And my dad, great guy, but he didn't know what he didn't know. So he was a great advocate, but it's hard to be an advocate when you don't know those things. Mm -hmm. So. A visiting volunteer can be an advocate in ways for, for families that don't understand ALS at all. That's right. right. Correct. Yeah. And is that something you're looking for? Is someone to be a friend and an advocate? Yeah, I guess what um, you know, each each uh, match is um, is 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 unique. I mean, because each volunteer comes in with their own um, history and strengths, and you know, I try to hook them up with an appropriate pals that you know is in need of that particular. Person's mm -hmm. strengths, right? So if you know someone that loves to listen and someone that loves to talk, well, there's a good match right there. Type that's of thing. that's it exactly. Yes. And so, Kelly, you um, you said that every one of those uh, people with ALS that you've talked mm -hmm. to is is different in terms of what they want. So is there a transition period where you have to take a few weeks to to kind of really understand the kind of relationship that you need to build with them? I. I think I, I, I go in there and and yes try just try to figure out what what that person needs um, I know with Vinnie uh, I went and just sat and talked to her the for, for for one day for one whole afternoon and and um, we figured out what 
what would be helpful to her and what she would she would like and um, I think that's pretty much sometimes I have to talk to the families mm-hmm. um, to see to see what is needed um, and is there what's the relationship like with families are they often very appreciative there's someone that's coming in to good. be yes. a friend yes the fa- I, I've, I have really nice relationships I'm still I still get Christmas cards from from some of the families. Helen's family sends me a Christmas card and sends flowers at, at Thanksgiving. And Helen Helene's was your first, right? No, uh, Helene was my Helene first. Helene was, well, yeah. see, that's well, a confusion yeah. for me because that's too close. <laughs> Helene, and then Helene, I'm friends with her, very good friends with her son because mm-hmm. I do the Philadelphia Walk in Helene's name. The mm-hmm. green team is after Helene because we started that right after Helene died. And um, so I'm very, very close friends with her son and family, and we have a we have a, a nice relationship. So, um, and and some of the other some some others we, we I still email once in a while, so it's it's nice. We we do I do get a good relationship with the family. That's a really good way to keep yeah. connected with mm-hmm. families that might drop off the radar yeah, too. That's right. Yeah. Um, I know in terms of. Div- fundraising to keep that but also just so they know what's going on with the chapter that's right in case someone else has als in their family which does happen or a friend of theirs they know there's a compassionate voice mm-hmm. is that one of the goals to make sure that families don't drop off and, and in terms so that they know that there's help like later down the road like 15 years later if they know someone with als they you know like this is we know that they can go to kelly and gail I don't know if it's a goal, but it just seems to be, a, you know, a, like a natural uh, right, positive some, benefit of, uh, some of the programs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know when I, I, I saw Kelly at the walk this, this past year, the one at Citizens Bank, and she had listed all of her uh, pals that she had visited on her, I think it was your T-shirt, was it, or was it a sign? Well, I, I have yes, I have buttons for everybody. Oh, okay. And buttons, then I yeah. then then they had the memory tent this year, so yeah. I put up pictures of everybody. Oh yeah, I remember yeah. seeing it at the memory tent. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was nice. I mean, I'm sure you've mm-hmm. you've built some special bonds that at the memory tent and other things. It's nice to go back at this whole portfolio of people that you've met. It is. It really is. And so you've you've met a lot of lives, right? It's it's you could write a whole book about the kind of people very, you've met. Very very different every you know. And for both of you. Because you have different experiences now with ALS, you and the clinic and everything else you do here, Gail, and then Kelly as a visiting volunteer, and then also everything else, because you're talking about visiting volunteer program today, but you're at the Phillies Festival, you're at the walk, you're at a lot of other events, right. sometimes you're just here, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, right. um, you know, does you you see how varied ALS is, right? Right, it's, I do, I do. What, what's that like to you? To, does it give you a different perspective on the disease and maybe from when you first started with Helene? Sure, it does. Um, Helene, I, I visited Helene for just a year mm-hmm. because she she probably, she died within two years of her diagnosis. And Vinny has, is now going on 11 years. Mm-hmm. So um, it does. I mean, it just... Hers is very slowly progressive, but definitely progressive. Um, from her her perspective, too, it's, I hear from her perspective is that she got the diagnosis and thought she was not going to live for more than two years. So it's I hear how she feels about that, and um, yes, it is. It's everybody is just so different, and I, I learn so much from everybody. 
does that for both of you? Does that make the, the job challenging as a healthcare professional, knowing that you're talking about such a wide variety of people that have ALS? You know, it's not like, oh, they're all people in their 60s and 70s with this background, or they're all people who smoked, or they're all people who did this. It's like, it must make it very challenging helping people when you know that they don't all need the same thing. I don't know if I would say challenging. It's just that I, I, I just try to hook up, a, a, you know, the potential volunteer to a PALS and explain what's going on with that particular PALS as far as, you know, what parts of the body are, are involved, what, uh, how progressive the person is. You know, I'm, I'm sorry, not progressive the person is, but how progressive the illness is, whether or not there's any cognitive impairment. Uh, what's going on with the family. Some of the volunteers, the focus is more on helping the family versus helping the pals because it's the family that is really in need of the support and help. Mm-hmm. Um, and then others, it's, it's, it's primarily the pals. So I try to get as much information as I can about the, the pals and their family and then hook up the appropriate visiting volunteer for that person. And how many visiting volunteers do we have? Well, right now I think I have a, an active, uh, active about twenty mm-hmm. matches. And how many people have come through the program as, as volunteers, not as people have used the program? Oh, hundreds! Wow, about hundreds, yeah. yeah. And um, most of the volunteers, they'll see a pals or two, and then they're done. They feel like they've, you know, they've helped, and they have, and they feel like they can't continue because of the emotional it's a tough thing to do yeah but uh, you know kelly is is one of the ones that has been able to continue Mm -hmm. and you've had a few that have done multiple been a visiting volunteer for multiple people yes and uh so what do you look for in a volunteer because we've talked about some people hear about it and say i'm going to do that tomorrow right and you say wait right yes yes Mm -hmm. it has to be somebody that i would trust to send to my to my mother is how I always, mm-hmm. you know, is how I see it in my head. It's got to be somebody who is, you know, sincere in their wish to volunteer, uh, to, to, to hang in there with the patient, to, um, you know, befriend the patient, to try to be of help to the patient. It's also somebody who is willing to go through the orientation program, and that includes a criminal background check. Um, and it's somebody who is willing to um, come to our reunions, which are um, sort of checking in meetings that we have. It's got to be somebody who sincerely wants to help somebody with, with ALS, and it's a person that we know and trust that can that can do that. Now, Kelly, you didn't know about ALS beforehand. I did not, no. So I, that's not a requirement. No, it's not. It's probably more unusual a more unusual circumstance i think yeah. most most visiting volunteers have had some have lost somebody with als mm-hmm. but um i really made a point to to learn about it and of course I, I i learned as much as i could before i started but i've certainly learned a lot you probably know more than a lot of other people 14 15 years yes you could probably teach most of the people here about als because you've been involved for so long different well, I, I, I don't know about teaching, but I, I have learned a lot. I, I certainly have. Just let me seen. give you all the credit I can. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, but so it, do you do you think it's helpful that someone knows a lot, or is it better? Does it not matter? It just depends on their personality more. No, I think I think it helps if they if they understand more. Mm-hmm. The only thing with the um, 
with the volunteers is sometimes they they only know what their loved one went went through and ALS varies in all kinds of mm-hmm. ways so I, I just try to educate them that you know that there's variations as far as you know um, sites that are involved um, pr- progression uh, you know as far as speed uh, the cognitive the impairment that sometimes occurs um, patients choose different routes as far as treatment. You know, some are going to choose more aggressive type treatments and some are, are more focused on palliative care. And for you, do you find then that you're trying to get information on people with ALS at the clinic? You want to make sure that we provide the best care possible. Um, are the visiting volunteers also a conduit to make sure that, like Vinny or Helene, that they get the services they need. Like. Yes, because Kelly and the other VVs, I call them VVs, will contact me and say, uh, Gail, this one needs whatever, or this mm-hmm. one I'm worried about, or yeah. yes. Because a lot of people, most people that come to the chapter don't know about ALS because it's right. not usually a family mm-hmm. thing, and they don't know about our services that well because, right. because why would they? You know, right. they're, they're usually intelligent people, but why would they think right. about ALS until they have to? So they might not know that that speaking is an issue or that they would need an iPad or that it's available. Yes. Yes. And the VVs are, are educated if they if they don't already know this. They're 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 educated as far as what what services are available to folks. So so in addition to the background check, there's an extensive education process so that they they know and I'm sure that the people that have come through yeah. have been surprised sometimes, right? They 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 learn a lot from that process. Yes. That's right. And, and and we know that if we don't know if it's available or not, I mean, whether whatever we want to find out, we know where to go to find out. So we don't have to know everything, but the idea is, I, I know I contact Gail and Brenda a lot over the years. I have contacted them about things. And well, they still like you a lot. They they still <laughs> they do. So it it has it has it has been a very good relationship and. Have there been times when you've been with um, a person with ALS and uh, multiple people and say, you know, it'd be really great if the chapter did X or if this was available with the chapter, whether it's a, a product like an assistive technology mm-hmm. thing or whether it's just uh, events, like it'd be really nice if we could invite a, a person with ALS to such and such. You know, have you ever sent ideas upward that then people said, oh, that's that's good idea? Or that, or has that happened? No, I've, I've had requests. I request yeah. things. Sure. Yeah, and other, and other, sure other, other BBs have. have. Yeah, um, yeah. And some of them, you know, we can do, and some, yeah, and right. some we can't. Right. Yeah. But that, but that's good, right? Yeah, that's good. Oh, sure. Some we sure. might not be able to today, but it's maybe right. in something right. in the future. Absolutely. I know in the budget process that we do here, um, Brenda Edelman, who you can listen to on a previous podcast, by the way. Um, you know, she goes. She has a wish list every year of things that you know. If we had, if we raise another fifty thousand dollars, I'd we'd right. love to be able to do this. And mm-hmm. I bet a lot of those ideas come from the visiting volunteer program as a result. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, so, when you're, so how does this help the patient beyond just having things? You know, you're talking about being a mental health nurse and all the other kind of nursing background you have. Um, we don't have a cure for ALS, right? But I guess that having a friend, yeah. having that connection is 
not a drug, but it's a treatment, right? Yes, we try to do what we can do to help people who are living with the illness. And, you know, there's a whole variety of services that we that we offer. Um, one of the services being a connection with a, a person who, who cares about them. Mm-hmm. And that would be the visiting volunteer. Because even if you have a good family connection, mm-hmm. even if you have neighbors and friends, ALS can be a very lonely and isolating disease, right? That's right. And I'm sure you've seen that in a lot of ways over the years. Yeah. And so is this also a way to help combat that, that, that negative aspect of it? That's right, because they have, the pals has somebody to talk to or somebody that's really trying to help them deal with it. And I'm sure that many times, Kelly, you've had people with ALS who've, who've just been able to just let go and vent. Oh, absolutely. That, I would say for, for most, most people I've visited. Uh-huh. That it's been important because sometimes it's hard for the hard for them. They don't want to feel like they're complaining to their their family, their caregiver, mm-hmm. and um, the pals will just vent to me, and I um, that's what I'm there for. They can. Yeah, I've heard from you know, a couple other families that say, you know, so and so told me that he just wished his sister would just shut up for a minute. You know, <laughs> nice person, but I just like I needed to tell someone that. Right. right. You know, it, it's like everyone wants to complain about someone they love sometimes, right. but who are they going to complain about? It's a, it has been a very big part of some of the people I visited, and it's important. You know, we all need we all need someone to vent to, yeah. and to validate and, our complaints and, too, right? right? And and to, and to validate. I understand. I know what I I I know. I believe you. I know that what you're saying is true. While someone may say to her husband, he doesn't want to hear it anymore, but. You know, that's, I don't care how many times I hear it. I do validate it and listen. Does that, have you seen that help a lot, especially with someone like Kelly that has years of being a VV or even someone that comes in and it's their first person they've been a visiting volunteer before, but they've lived the ALS experience yeah. to validate those experiences for them? Yeah, and I always tell, uh, yeah, it does. And I've always tell um, the, the volunteers that, um, you know, for, for some of the relationships, it's going to be more task-oriented type things that the patient and the family's looking for. And for other um, patients and their loved ones, it's, it's more companionship and it's somebody who will sit and listen to the person because that's just as valid as, like, you know, being, being like, you know, running errands or doing, like, task-type type things. I mean, sitting and listening to people and providing emotional support is just as just as needed, I think. And for ALS, because you're losing the ability to communicate, yeah, you probably help, both of you have helped visiting volunteers learn how to listen better, right? Well, I hope. I hope that they learn that as they go along. I mean, I, you know, we talk about that a little bit in the right. orientation. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. they do. And have you found, Gail, that I think it's the truth from my own personal experience that it's a hard thing to do as a family member to listen to someone that's losing something of themselves, whether it's losing their voice or you said there's cognitive issues sometimes. Yeah. It could be hard on the family member to be a good listener, even if yeah. they are, right? Yeah. And that's why sometimes the visiting volunteer is is, is actually there some, sometimes more for the caregiver because the caregiver needs to vent, too. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Have you had that happen, Kelly? Yes, Re- I have. I have. I, it, it, as I said, I usually, I, for most people, I have had a good 
relationship with the family. I've never had a bad relationship. Some some I just have been, yeah, you know, not as close. But um, and you go yes. in, you tell them, look, Paul, look, Jamie. Call me. Yes, yeah. we I exchange we exchange phone numbers from the beginning. Any anything um, I can help you with, and and they, for the most part, they do. Do you think that for those family members, they're able to provide better care because they, they've had a visiting volunteer come there and maybe give them like that brain break where they can like relieve some stress by telling someone and just feel better sure. or yeah. get some tips? Does that help the caregiver be a better caregiver? Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. Oh, I've, I've got, I, I always have gotten a lot of gratitude from the family. Because from one the of family. these things that this program's doing is relieving stress. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think we've seen from my understanding of the research and, pro- and more from your understanding of living as a um, professional, that stress is such a big component of this disease. And is that one of the goals here is to, to help with that a bit? Yeah, yeah. How does stress affect ALS? Is there, any, you know, you don't have to give the, the exact answer, but like how have you seen stress affect, whether it's the person with ALS, the caregiver, the whole experience? Well, I mean, you know, according to the literature, it's, it's actually – for some people, it's actually hard. For some families, it's harder on the caregiver, the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the stress of ALS. Um, so I think having a visiting vo- volunteer, it's it's you know it's 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 one tool. It's one way of coping is to have somebody on your side, on your on your team, helping you sort of get through the process, get get through what's going on. Mm-hmm. And that just that helps their life because yeah. I mean I'm someone. I was, just came back from my having a second kid and it's hard to sleep with two kids in the house and that can be stressful not as stressful necessarily as someone who you're caring for in the mm-hmm. same levels as ALS but you know I know that when you can relieve some of that stress mm-hmm. right that helps me be a better father it helps them be a better family caregiver right that's correct mm-hmm. so I mean if I'm you know if I'm too bent out of shape I can't really mm-hmm. call my sons so, so you found that to be a calming effect for all of them as well. Well, I, I guess ideally, I'd like to, I'd like to think so, right? <laughs> Hopefully, that's yeah. part of the idea yeah. here. Right. Um, and have you seen through the visiting volunteer program that people have become more connected and learned more and participated in things like coming to clinic more or um, responding to you guys more, the patient services department, like asking questions that maybe they wouldn't have or getting involved in research. I think that um, the people that are, um, the POWs that have visiting volunteers are a little more, um, I guess, more visible with chapter events and um, uh, I don't know as far as the clinic goes, but Mm -hmm. I I, I just think that they tend to be more aware of what's going on within the chapter because we see them at events more, more so, not all. Right. I mean, mean, there's not one size fits all for anything anyway, Uh, but I think... And the events are important for raising money, but you know you come to a lot of the events. You're at, you, we were talking about the walk that you guys are both at uh, this year, and when people with ALS come to those events, they get more than just the fundraising aspect of it, right? Oh yeah. What what oh do you gosh. see that they get out of it? Wow, I just think that they're so um, they're there's just a, a sense of um, what do I want to say. I would say enthusiasm for the cause, for doing something to fight the cause mm-hmm. to, or to fight the illness. Right. You know, it's a way of, um, and you know, seeing, seeing it and seeing 
the fundraising in action. If he's yeah. being part of it, is they and, do like it. Yeah. And seeing other families with ALS, I'm sure, right. is a big help. Yeah, the yeah. Yeah, the walk is always uplifting. And I know that the support groups do a whole lot of good. Uh, every person I talk to with ALS, you know, when we're doing fundraising or talking to at least legislators or advocacy, it's easy to talk about the millions of research or the um, how much is spent on actual patient care in terms of, you know, a nurse or um, assistive technology. But it's hard to quantify support groups. Right. But every person with ALS, it's like I talk to, they're like, oh, the support group's the best. Yeah. Yeah, and you do the support groups too, right? Occasionally, I'm not. I'm. I'm not running one now, but I have. Um, and I think like any any uh, if, you know anything that involves a connection with another human being, especially one who is who who is caring, is going to be of help to somebody with ALS and their and their loved ones. So you know the the support groups, which are actually known as resource groups, and the visiting volunteer program are like connection type programs. And that's one of the goals of the program, right, is, is the connection, the, the interconnectedness of all of our stuff. Yes. I think yes. that that's something I'm trying to focus on this year is the interconnectedness of all of our programs. Nothing nothing exists on its own. Yes. And the, the research wouldn't exist without the patient care. The advocacy wouldn't matter without both of those. Right. They're all connected, right? Yes. Uh, so, uh, so how can people get involved in being a visiting volunteer? Um, you mean volunteers or, or, or patients? Both. So uh, for volunteers, it's somebody who we ask that if, if you did have somebody who had ALS, that you wait about a year to contact me. Um, and You can uh, still be involved in other ways between yeah, them. Yeah, there's other volunteer opportunities. And should I give my phone number? Give well? whatever you want. So my direct number is 215-664-4134. And my email address is gail, G-A-I-L, at alsphiladelphia.org. And we ask that um, the one thing about the volunteer program, the visiting volunteer program, is that there, there, there's actually no hands-on care for the person with ALS. That's, that's important because we are not, the, the visiting volunteers are not home health aides, but they can do pretty much anything else to help somebody with ALS and their loved ones. Um, and as far as the the, the, the pals go, um, you know, again, it's um, if you, if you're interested, you can contact me, and I can see if I have a volunteer in your neck of the woods that would like to come out to visit. Because it's not just here in the local Philadelphia area where Kelly lives; we have them all over our territory. Yes, we we don't always have a volunteer available, you know, exactly at the time that a pals is in need of a volunteer. But I try to. Mm -hmm. You know, I try to provide that. Yeah, because we've had a lot of really good ones from the Hershey area. Yeah. Uh -huh. They've been our volunteer yep. of the month. Mm -hmm. And you're on our volunteer of the month committee. Yes. That, that, you like, that's a fun part of it. It is, yeah. The yeah. Writing the volunteer profiles is one of my favorite things because it's always a positive thing. Right. And, of course, Kelly was our volunteer of the year the first year that we gave it away. It's the Betsy Fink uh, volunteer of the year program. So Yeah, that was an easy choice that year. It was. Usually, it, usually it's uh, the hardest part about picking volunteers <laughs> You know, deciding which one of the great people to pick. So, thank you, Gail. So we look forward to. So if you're interested in the program, please contact Gail. Um, and you can also see Gail and, and Kelly at other events, including the Walk to Defeat ALS, um, the Phillies Festival. They're both at that, and everyone's at the Phillies Festival, uh, and many other things coming up this year. 
Find all of the information on these things at www.alsphiladelphia.org. And, of course, follow us on social media, all at ALS Philadelphia. And subscribe and share and comment and like us on iTunes so we can get more of a listenership and continue to increase awareness. Thanks for the program and thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you.